podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. It is Monday morning. We have actual points in our actual teams. I'm buzzing. Are you buzzing? <laughs> I'm buzzing as much as I can for uh, 8 in the morning. <laughs> 8 in the morning on a night where you got no sleep. Sounds good. Uh, let's start with your team and 88 no, points. No, 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 no. Let's start with your team. 91 points. Okay. All right. What's up? 91 What's up? points. What's up? 250K. Nice. It's funny how people like overreact. When they're 250k after 91 points around there, and it's like, dude, 250k after game week one is incredible. <laughs> like, people don't realize how volatile the changes are. If you're doing roughly that well, you're gonna win FPL if you stay at that level. So, everyone needs to chill. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're both off to great starts. Uh, Fucking Ashley Maitland-Niles is easily my moment of the weekend. It was just uh, that was just such a thrill. And then like seeing the actual play was amazing too. Like the interception was so good. The ball in was perfection. Ob's finish was perfection. It was just incredible. And the the did you see Bennett's story on Slack? Yeah, what happened? He, he said, "I just said Ashley Maitland-Niles is class in the pub," and everyone was like, "It's Ainsley, you cunt." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we got him good, which is also a peak peak moment. But yeah, I mean, easy easy Salah cap, Raz Paul. Obviously, none of my other attackers did anything except a Callum assist. And then I had four out of five cleans at the back. Well, actually, three out of five cleans at the back. VVD goal, Maitland Niles assist, and Max Bones, and that's all my points. Soy boy first sub six pointer. Looking good. I feel good. Good. Good job by you. The main thing, I guess the main thing that I just, just looking at my team, and it's something that we talked about in preseason too, but you can't, you can't have a perfect team, is like I wanted uh, premium forward flexibility. I wanted to be able to jump on Kane or jump on OBS if, I, if they're looking good, and obviously both of them, especially Kane, is looking pretty good, and I don't have that, and so that's... Early doors, that's like my one frustration where I'm just like, if I want Kane or Robs, like it's difficult for me to get there. Very difficult. Well, if you have Sterling and Mo, then you can't have flexibility to do that unless if you had one. So you kind of do. You have Callum at eight million, so you could figure it out with two or three swaps, probably. Right, but two or three swaps is usually at least one hit. That's not. Yeah, but what, not what, what would I you mean have, when I mean flexibility, you know? So what would flexibility have looked like other than having an 11 million forward though? That's what I don't see. Right. Yeah, I mean that that I guess is what it is. I mean maybe it also okay. mean maybe it also mean like I have Perez and Richarlison and Wilson and Jerry D. Maybe it just means also another premium midfielder also because like I don't want to get rid of Mo or Raz, but if I just had Sort of that money maybe spread a little less evenly, and maybe had like a 
a Kevin or something, like that would also make it way easier. Yeah, but, I see what you mean. I but you mean. yeah, I mean, otherwise, mostly good. Like Jerry D, I'm worried about. The Flymont Slacks with Jerry fucking D playing behind the strikers, subbed on 45 due to illness. I mean, due to fitness. Do we back him even though he doesn't look like the front man? I mean, I don't know. Wait, back him for now. Early transfers are usually not good. So that's a big worry, but whatever. We're chilling. Um, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a good third for sure. Yeah. For you. How, how about you? Uh, yeah, I, 88 I finished up on. I feel like I really got away with one since I don't have Raz. Um, it was rough the first, you know. Oh my first God. Couple, <laughs> couple days there, dude. I don't have any city players. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Well, it's but, rough for like 80 minutes of the Spurs game, too, right? It's like, yeah, came, yeah, yeah, bailed yeah. you out in the last 10 minutes of that match. Yeah. I mean, you know, I went very off the radar, non template with no city. Um, but yeah, Maitland Niles was definitely a bright point. I have him and Ob, so that assist to Ob's was great. For me, I'm really glad that we stuck with Maitland. We kind of like together found him and stuck yeah. with him. He looked he looked really good and That's like the old Arsenal. fantasy NFL days of just getting like your your quarterback to your wide receiver touchdown, double touchdown. Oh, yeah, the connect the connection, the connection. Um yeah, I mean Arsenal looked. It's just such a ridiculous thing when they don't play Mustafi. How they just don't have like complete insane howling nightmare errors in the defense anymore. So that was a good job by them. And Pope came in. Yeah, Pope. I'm really glad I went with Tony Martial. The glove master came in with a goal playing OOP. Look good. Imagine, um, imagine. I said to this, this to you on Slack, but just imagine if you went Lucas over Tony, where you'd be right now. No. See, this is exactly like why I have no Bournemouth and why I have no Everton. It's just the kind of thing that I said, right? Like, if I get a player in who I don't really like or like really love to back myself, and if they like blank or they blank two games, like, what would I feel? Like, would I be like, ugh, like, okay, it didn't work? Or would I be like, wow, Fuck! I'm an idiot. Like, why did I listen to the herd and the sheep instead of make my own choice? So that's what it came down to with Lukash. Even though he was also off the radar too, but it just like looked like kind of a transferring to happen. I obviously have a very mixed relationship with the team of Spurs, and <laughs> just didn't. I just didn't, didn't want to go there. And like, you know, Tony and we were fucking talking about Tony M for years, and I'm just like, ah, like nine sure, like get in my team. So actually, that was a good years. Job. Like I remember when he first came to the league, and it was maybe our first season potting four seasons ago. Yeah, that sounds about right. And we named an episode after him. I think there was an episode yeah, called he, Martial Arts or something like that, like Martial yeah. Arts. And it was, yeah, like we've, we've talked about him like constantly over the years. Yeah, I mean, and we'll talk about him more on the pod. I'm sure we have questions about United, so that's a good yeah. job by me. Yeah, Kane, I mean, Kane went, looked like old Kane. He had fucking 5,000 shots yeah. and scored with the only two on target because that's what he does. And <laughs> Spurs look like dog shit, but I think that was more on the manager as usual when they do look like dog shit. That's usually my opinion. I thought the team was diabolical and the formation he didn't change and flexible, but they pulled it out their assholes at the end. So that was a good job by them. Yeah, I mean, in the end, they changed the formation and brought on Erickson, and that was just the end of the game. That was just full-on yeah. destruction, yeah. It was it was just absurdly lucky to me that he did it with fifteen minutes left instead of thirty to thirty five minutes left, which you right, know right, could have right. done it at forty five minutes. So that's just fucking ridiculous. But whatever. And 
Yeah, OBS. I mean, OBS Arsenal played a bunch of little baby, baby back bitches in midfield who just <laughs> couldn't really do much. So OBS coming in with a goal was nice. And no baps. I guess he was getting offsides like he normally does or like whatever. But yeah, so, you know, all in all, the no city seems like it was an issue. I mean, I started fucking, what's his name? Umlaut, Soyunchu, Chaglar. Chaglar looks like a really good pick by us. I had Montoya on the bench. Sugar from No Country. Yeah, Anton, yeah, that's exactly what he looks like. And then I had Montoya on the bench with a clean. I mean, I never expect them to clean out Watford. And after watching highlights, they really had no business doing so. But, you know, just like, looks like I'm, I, I'm pretty happy with my like five, four, five, four, five defenders after one game week. Just like, they seem like they're all reasonable picks. Yep. And, you know, Jack Wilshire I have in there, again, just kind of like a rogue, fun pick, because I love him, and I figured early wildcard don't really care that much, and I want to have fun and pick fun friends, so he got subbed off early. He looked like he was gas, out of the gas and fucking cigarettes. 55 minutes. When you... Like you might not notice the harm they do to your body, but after sprinting around for fifty-five minutes, I the pain that he's feeling in his lungs and chest at that moment, and the shit that's coming up that he has to spit out is like that's real. That's real shit right there. Yeah, that's real. That's real. So I don't know. Whatever, Jack. I mean, who knows? I might just get rid of him soon. But Jack in there on the bench, sitting there. So I have a little bit of a lineup decision to make this week. But yeah, you know. Team looks good. Cal, Cal Rob, I thought looked really bright. Uh, Wilder had a had good things to say about him at the end, and I thought it was you know also similar to Martial, but I thought it was very notable that he played ninety minutes. He didn't sub him, and he made like two or maybe three even attacking subs, and he left Cal Rob on. So that's yeah, a, I mean he he's out of position. Sharp and McBurney and yeah, and kept yeah. Cal Rob on. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, out of position 5-5, five, five, like, I'm going to let him ride for a few games. Like, he just looks good, and there's not much in that bracket anyway, so I'm happy with that pick as well, so we'll see where that goes. Okay, moving on. Housekeeping. <laughs> okay, okay, First okay. housekeeping of the year. So shout out to the FML Field Prize League slash Mug League leader for August so far. If you sign up for Patreon, you should be in the Mug League Prize League. If you can't figure that out, just message us or whatever. Um, Eggy Bread. Josh Scullion, a.k.a. Eggs11, leading the way. 108-pointer out the gates. Um, French Toast Kid? Yeah, French Toast Kid. One of the many Mo triple caps in our like Slack community of psychos. A fellow Ashley Maitland-Niles owner. We bas- me and him basically have the same team, so great job by him. Must have picked a good team. Shout-out to the leader of the FMLFL Public League, Justin Shepard, a.k.a. Set Frasers to Stun. 116 pointer. He also triple caps a lot, but he also squeezed in Kane. So that was like the the additional points right there. So he's one that has Kane, Raz, and Mo. So that's that seems good. Um all right, moving on. So anywhere particular we want to start? Maybe Martial? Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm an owner and you're a non-owner, so what, what did you see? Um, it was a really interesting and really entertaining match, I thought. Um, both teams kind of looked sloppy and wide open, and I feel like there were a lot of mistakes and misplaced passes and stuff like that. I mean, it was nice to see Martial, from a fantasy perspective, as pretty much always the furthest forward and more central than... Rash, even though they were both kind of like on the left often, United were kind of building up more on the left. It was nice to see Martial was at least, you know, 
getting the ball in dangerous areas, top of the box and stuff like that. I didn't think that he did much with his opportunities. Like uh, he, his shots were bad and like, I didn't think he was particularly good, but you know, like a good number nine, he got his one big chance and finished it. So even though he completely whiffed the ball and it hit off his opposite leg knees, it's it, it pretty lucky, but still it was, it was good. And, if United are going to be playing that sort of attacking football, then, you know, against, I don't know, 14 to 15 teams in the league, Martial has a good chance of good good attacking returns. So I think out the gate, if there's one bandwagon, it probably should be Martial. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think that, to me, was definitely the biggest takeaway of the game week one was that he should be in every team. I mean, he's 7-5 playing striker for a top four, top five team. Uh, like you said, yeah, I agree completely. He didn't look good or really great at any points in the game, but it was the position. I mean, he played 90. Ole just keeps beating him off in the press pressers. Like he just keeps talking about him. So it seems very clear, you know, they sold Lukaku. I mean, this is what Aaron Lamb. Like they're selling Lukaku and yeah. buying no one. They have no they, one. They have no one else. They have a seventeen yeah, they year have old no, Greenwood. Yeah, who's I mean not an option really. So I mean that's when you look at the team last year, whereas we're like, oh my God, like Marshall, if he has like two bad games, you know, they could just put Ron back or whatever. Yeah. And that's very much what was happening. Now it's just looks like it's his, it's his, him and Rash are just gonna ride, he's just gonna ride the two of them in the league for the whole season and see if the young bucks take him to the promised land. So yeah, I mean, Martial looks like in a very obvious, very easy pick. So I mean, I guess now the question is, you know, if you have like phrase, do you, Burn your straight swap there, or do you right. wait? That, like, what's your tip? That's Jeff on that? D. That was Jeff D's question. He said, "Do we stick with seven five mids like Mora and Fraze, or do we move to Martial?" I'm waiting until late, but can talk about early transfers to beat price rises versus waiting until Friday to make the move. So, just right out, right out the gate, I'm actually very surprised to not see a price rise. Like with the amount of United fans that play this game, I thought like Rash, Martial, and Paul would all go up. Yeah, I think they usually are a little slow out of the blocks getting the price changes going. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this happening last season too. I think the first couple of days there were like no price changes. And I mean, you know, no one in the entire of the five million plus players that play the game, almost six million, had any points on the bench. So, you know, they're figuring out the website. It's, it's a new, it's a new game. <laughs> I forgot about that. Zero yeah, yeah, no, across no. the board. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a new game. You know, oh the website's new. Man. It's you a know. small indie company. You know, yeah, they do what they can. Yeah, they don't have any ad revenue or anything. Like, you know, when you scroll to the bottom of the page, there's no like official ads or anything. Like, I don't see like <laughs> Nike or Coca Cola or anything down there. So, Barclays, you know, Budweiser. Probably, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they got to be struggling for finances. So, it makes sense that the website doesn't work. And it makes sense that, you know, like the price changes aren't working and things like that. So, and the season, right? Like, how about the app, like, got, too? Yeah, the app. I know, but the season was sprung on us, right? Like, what we don't know about it months in advance. Like, we don't have the schedule or the start time of the season months in advance. So there's no time to prepare, Alon. There's there's no time to prepare. Good God, you so, got you got to give them a break. It's Come just on. so ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, okay. I don't know. I don't, I have no words. It's just too bad. It's like so bad that they managed. Someone on Slack was like, they actually did the impossible and managed to make the app worse. <laughs> like, I was hanging out with Nate at like 8 p.m. last night, and he's like, oh, how'd I do? And he opens the app on his phone, and it just still doesn't work or show any players on the pitch. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> actually insane. But anyway, back to Jeff's question. 
early moves. Yeah, price rises. Uh, to me, if I'm totally honest, I don't really remember, but it always takes a little while also to like for the price change websites to calibrate and stuff like that. So I don't know. Uh, we I think it's safe to assume that they will go up at least a little bit over the course of the week. So I don't know. Would you think about making that early move to because if you know you don't want to get priced out really if you're going to make the move. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would do phrase because he's got you know we saw what Villa were up to, so he's got that coming in this weekend. But I think Lukash is more of a conversation just because yeah. he's got such a bad fixture plus uncertainty over gimmick three. Um, I mean, if I'm looking at my team and I'm like really happy with the rest of them, and you know I, I feel okay, I, I think that could be one to chase. But other thing, you know, we saw Wolves play well. Yeah. Granted, they have a midweek game, but you know, United do go to go to the Molly Mill, Molyneux. So that's going to be a tough game. I mean, Chelsea had no defense basically playing going that game. So I, I, I would tend to think about saving over doing that. But if I had Lucas, I won't. Hate that move, but I don't like doing like phrase to him or like rich or Siggy to him. I yeah, don't I don't like think those. that's better than saving. It's just honestly uh, saving after game week one, and you know you don't know if something else is going to happen. You know, there's still another slate of games. You look, you get a better feel for your team. Like not doing the straight swap for the one week, you could still double swap. You figure out what else you need. Maybe someone else gets hurt. I just I, I value the extra transfer, the extra time a little bit more than that. I, I don't know. Yeah, and it was Ray on Slack. This sounds like the most like ridiculous, obvious thing, but I think it's just a good way to kind of put perspective on it. Is like next game week we get double the amount of data. We literally double the amount of data and numbers and stats and eye tests that we get. We're so early into the season that like another data point is that valuable that usually almost always, if possible, saving a transfer, I think, is just just straight up the better move. And then yeah, I like your point about wolves. I mean they didn't keep a lot of cleans last season. We know they're they're capable of keeper errors and defensive errors, but they also barely got battered if at all I don't really remember them ever getting battered and they're just tight and defensive and better at home like it's a very tough match for United coming up and yeah, yeah so I don't know I, th- I think so, I would tend to keep also yeah okay so before we move on let's let's just touch on rash too because he took he won and took the pen he's eight five. I mean, you know, they were they were interchanging a bit, but I mean, I think Tony was Tony was a little bit further forward on the heat map, but not much. I mean, they were both pretty much playing striker. Yeah. What do you what do you see eight five for him? What are you what are you looking at? They were pretty even on like the heat map and stuff like that. The big difference, just like I like looking at passes received heat map. I, I feel that it tells me more, but the big difference on that was that Rash was significantly wider, even though they were kind mm-hmm. of like. Close to evenish on the touches, like Rash was on the touchline, really the width occupying the fullback, and Martial was the one going inside. So that that's a big difference for goal scoring. I mean, we saw so many times yesterday, like Rash would have the ball and kind of think about a cross, maybe maybe cross one in or just recycle the ball back to the midfield, where Martial was always looking to like take someone on and shoot. I felt, but. Yeah, I mean, Mishka asked Martial compared to Rash, is one million difference worth it for Rash? I mean, they. Rash said after the match, or maybe it was on match of the day, that he is not the penalty taker. There's five or six different guys that might take the pens depending on blah, 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 blah. 
And to me, that was just really disappointing because I was finally like, oh my God, Ole made a fucking great decision, took Paul off bands. He's terrible at them. Ratch is so good. But if he's not the default pen taker, I think Marshall's just straight up better, cheaper, more points for goals, blah, blah, blah. Marshall's just better. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't know much to add there. I, I do think the rash at a five is one to monitor. I'm sure yeah. after this Bournemouth game, a lot of people will be looking there with their Callum potential. Um, yeah. But rash looks like he's going to be, you know, a good option this season. I'm yeah, sure. For, I'm, for, I, I'm happy because I was, I feel like one of the only people shouting him in preseason. Like I feel like United fans weren't even that into the idea of him for FPL. And I was saying like, the thing that I kept harping on is like if if Rashford is the future, then he's he has to have like a twenty goal season, and he's capable of it. But he has to do it. This is the season where he has to do it because if he doesn't, they're gonna buy some hundred million pound striker next season, and that's it. So yeah, well, it's, he's off to a good start. Off to a very good start. We I guess we could talk about Bournemouth. There were a lot of questions about Bournemouth. Let me just rattle them off here. We got simple mug on Slack. Is there any reason we shouldn't ditch all Bournemouth players after game week two and be free of Eddie Howe's fuckery? Marty on Slack, I'm wondering if I should take my Wilson assist and cash out now. Renegade on Slack, if I drop Wilson, which 6-5 or lower is the best replacement? And Canada Brad on Slack, talk me out of knee-jerking Wilson to Rashford when I have when I have the .5 in the bank to do it. Um... I mean, the fixture, it must be said, like Villa were just, I mean, they let, they let up like 30 plus shots to Spurs and they just didn't know what was happening in that game whatsoever. They just looked completely, I don't know what shit, I don't know what they were doing. I honestly it was, I think it was the worst performance I saw of the weekend was probably Villa. And well, they had I a think good, for that, they had like a pretty good 45. I don't agree. Not at pretty all. good, but for a promoted side, you know, way Spurs. Like I thought they were like, you know, decent enough first forty-five, and then they were just they just from like thirty-ish minutes on, they got zero point zero zero xg and just were parked and just like shitting themselves and gassed. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't agree. I thought they were poor the entire game. I mean, they had a couple hits on the counter, but you I mean you look at the back four and the m- mistakes and error proneness of the non-Toby name players on Spurs. You know, kind of giving them that goal. But I thought they were getting pretty much boss, and I couldn't really identify what their shape was or what they were trying yeah. to do. So, I mean, maybe that was my own. Like, I'm dumb. But no, no, that was I just. I, I I mostly agree with you. I think I'm more towards your side than towards the media narrative side, which is like Villa were great and did a good job. But is that the media narrative? People, yeah, it's the, like a people lot of people. Like a match great? of the day, like they were like, like we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't avoid talking about like how good Aston Villa were for that first forty five, like blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I mean the, I, the thing yeah. with like Mings and Bjorn <laughs> is that I, they did play well and they cleared a lot and they they dealt with a lot of stuff. They also conceded like huge chances in the first half, and if those were scored, no one would be singing their praises really. So, I mean, if this, I, so I mean, I, I'm gonna have to just go back to the well again. But I mean, Spurs were just diabolical. I mean, Sissoko is basically playing in the box. We saw what happened there. They were just throwing in speculative crosses from the wings, like we see how they do with that. I mean, Lukash had that first chance like very early on, then he completely went missing. Don't know if he played. 
Lamella was diabolical. I mean, they had no chance creation. They just couldn't create a chance. So I don't think that was like Villa was good. They seemed to have the ball in the final third for like 65% of the game. Spurs did, but they just, but they, I mean, you know, Kane was being occupied by two players the whole time and they just, they were just, they had no ideas. I mean, the team, the team sheet was, the team selection was just terrible. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, Villa, just coming back to Villa, I mean, that's a good fixture. Like, playing Villa looks like a good fixture for every team. So I don't think it's worth, like, shipping Callum out to get someone like, you know, Rashford who has a bad fixture or whatever. And same with Fraze, even to go to Tony. I mean, those seem like the two obvious replacements after game week one. Um, so I would definitely hold that. My King is another story. I mean, we both obviously hate King and we think he's a piece of shit and he, you know, I mean, he'll score an open play goal every 400 minutes like he always has done. So I don't know if like minutes eight, if minutes like 90 to 180 <laughs> is in the 400 for you and he gets a goal. I don't know, or they get a pen, but he's just bad. So that's one I wouldn't mind seeing go. But then the other issue there is who the fuck do you get? I don't know. What do you, what do you, what are you looking at with this question? Um, I think I feel the exact same way. I mean, Bournemouth were very bad. We should not like not say that. Like they, it's not like Callum and Fraze and blah 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 were looking good. Like they, I think Howe just straight up made a mistake. He just played with three attackers. They usually play with four. He played King on the wing. Usually King's, King's more central. They were just horrifically bad. Um, and basically created nothing in open play. It was. All of their XG was the set piece, the Callum that that got saved, and then Memphim or whatever the fuck's finish off that rebound. So, you know, they were horrific. But I do expect they'll go back to the normal, like sort of four two 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 type of thing. And whether it's like Ibe or Harry Wilson or whatever in that fourth attacker slot, it's not ideal. It's not Brooks, but I think it'll make the whole team much better. So, yeah, I still I still expect Bournemouth to score. Two, two or three goals against Villa, like I expected them to do against Sheffield, even though they they didn't get there. Um, as for yeah, who to go to if you were gonna do King out? I mean, good God, I don't know. There there are a lot of like <laughs> interesting guys, but I don't feel like a hundred percent confident about all of them, you know, or any of them rather. So yeah, I don't know. I'm looking around. I don't know. I just honestly don't know where I would go. It seems too yeah, early uh, to make that call almost. Yeah, and for that reason, it's probably correct to just save your transfer and keep him for a, a good fixture rather than kind of go from one. Well, I mean, you're 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 losing a bad player, so that's not going to ever be bad. But you would be jumping on either like points chasing, getting someone like Barnes, where you know, I mean, he was in no teams before the season. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but you know, he scored a couple. He also has at whatever. Arsenal, at Wolves, home Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, Pookie looked lively, and he's an interesting one he's to look probably at. Probably I mean, Norwich. Yeah, Norwich looked pretty capable against Liverpool and you know they have home Newcastle, home Chelsea which looks like it's not a bad attacking fixture at this point at West Ham next three so, and then he has one bad and then another run a few good so you know I don't know that I I I, I don't know. I just I would probably just keep king if yeah, you I think have you him probably and, just keep and then king. Fi- figure it's, it out after one more game and, and and look at it the upside is just so low it's like king can 
double return in any in any fixture just by nature of being on pens. And like if you if people agree with us and think Bournemouth will probably be fine against Villa and score multiple goals, then like it's fine. That the what's the upside with Pookie? Like I don't expect Norwich to like win four nil and Pookie triple return that we know, we don't know enough about Norwich to make those sorts of assumptions. So yeah, I think you just save. But um, yeah, probably. I feel like I was going to say something, but I don't remember. So fuck it. Um, okay. Anything else you want to touch on? I mean, Kane or guys that caught your eye or like what else? Or we can um, just do questions. I mean, it's a tough week to kind of look at because all of the. Like big name, double digit FPL yeah. players all came in, right? Like Mo, goal assist. I mean, they walked in the park against Norwich and then City, you know, Raz hat trick. The, the team sheet was a little bit wonky, but, you know, Mares somehow. I mean, Bill, I guess Bill on the bench is a thing. I mean, Mares is just, he's, definitely one to watch. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be a good FPL pick just because Pep and he's going to be rotating like a madman and he still has options there, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I guess like Liverpool with losing Allison, I guess we could touch on like you know Adrian. Like, do we do something like getting rid of one of the seven million defenders for Adrian and goal? Like, what do you think about? I mean, are is their defense going to be that much worse with Adrian for the next couple months? It, what do you what do you make of I, that? It should be worse. I mean, that's just like Allison was pretty much the best goalkeeper in the world last season. And so losing that's obviously bad. It's usually like it's it's sort of similar with City. I feel like where it's usually just like one big save per match, and you either make it or you don't. And that's the difference between a clean or not. Often, um, yeah, I mean Ederson, case in point, had that huge save off the, the off double save. The double save, yeah. That I mean that insane. that was the clean sheet. And, that was the clean. Know, that was March. everything. Yeah. All right, keep going. No, but yeah. So you'd expect Liverpool's. Defense to be worse and cleans to be less reliable, but I don't know. Jumping off of really good players, premium players, long term hold type of players, while they still have mostly a good fixture run for you know the next like six ish weeks or whatever, I think that's just a little too soon. I mean, we, we want to see what they look like away Southampton. Maybe if they're you know conceding chances and people are getting behind Trent all game and like blah 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 again and. Then maybe yeah, maybe it's time to look away. But at the same time, like VVD might just score like six plus goals a season, and Trent is his right foot is a fucking you know, Bellini sculpture of a right foot. So like you're getting attacking returns anyway, you know. So I don't know. I probably would hesitate to jump off them right now just because of the the keeper downgrade. But it's definitely something to monitor. We just don't know enough. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's like if you have two Liverpool and you have Pope or something, that's a pretty easy lateral swap. But yeah, if you've got, you know, one of the three big big guns in defense, I mean Trent looked fucking ridiculous in that game. Like he could have had a goal and three assists and no one would be surprised. I mean that direct free he took was ridiculous. Oh I, yeah, that save was monster save by Crawl. I don't know how he didn't like break his wrist on that. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't have Mane, so they were doing a lot up the right. I, I get that, but Trent looked <laughs> yeah, like I, insane. It's just like Robbo is so good. Obviously, everyone knows that. And then you you compare like 
his ability on his left foot to Trent's ability on his right foot, and the, uh, it's just not, not even remotely not in the same stratosphere. Like no. Trent can I mean, actually yeah. do anything with his right foot. He could be a central yeah, midfielder. Yeah, yeah Robbo's like got that low cross pretty down. Like he's good at that. Mm-hmm. But like the low hard, I feel like he's like good at like, placing those low hard crosses. But yeah. like he takes on and gets stuff in the box. But yeah, they're not they're not similar. Yeah, like that ball for Origi's goal. Oh, that was like Robo, 40, Robo 40 yeah. yards out on a dime. Like just ridiculous. Yeah, he's good. He's he's good, dude. He's, he's good. good. So yeah, football. I think I think like double swapping and doing all this crazy shit to get in like a temporary. Goalkeeper there probably isn't the best way to spend transfers, but I mean, if you're like early wild carding, yeah, I could see spending like nine million in goal, yeah, and putting him in like you know Pope or someone just so you don't have to spend a transfer later on that like urgently maybe is a thing, but that seems good. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, Adrian though. I mean, you, you can't sniff at a four or five nailed right into Liverpool defense. Obviously, they're going to be worse without Allison. Adrian's we've we know his deficiencies. He's a fucking but, psychopath. Yeah, he's a psycho. He's an ma- absolute madman back there. But he also always had the disservice of having to play for West Ham with a bunch That's of shit houses in front true. of him. So you know, maybe he's going to be somewhat okay. I mean, he's a good shot stopper. He's and he's pretty good distro. So he could. Yeah, do. the distro it's, it's is a like set piece, actually the set a huge pieces. Thing. Is, Sorry, yeah, what? The set pieces is. I'm, I'm concerned about the set pieces. Yeah, definitely, but. definitely. We we lose a lot of like size and strength there. But the distro is actually really important. Just like if that was Minule, not only would we all be like less confident, but it actually could like hurt the attack. Maybe in a small way, but it actually could because the defensive line would be much deeper and people would have to like show for the ball and he'd probably kick it long way more often where at least Adrian's good on his feet. Like we saw, he, he was even pinging some balls yesterday. He had, hadn't even been at Liverpool for a week. So at least we have that where it's like he's still going to, the fullbacks are still going to be bombing on and he's still going to be able to place passes. So that that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's enough about that. Yep. Andy on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of talk about changing from two to three premium players after most of them did really well this week. Surely it's an overreaction, or is this something that we should generally already be considering? I mean, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, the premium price players are priced at a premium for a reason. They're fucking best players in the league, so they're going to score goals and get points. But I think we need we need a little bit more. Games to come and go, and you know, kind of assess and see it. Because if you're sticking all these premium players in, the most important thing is that you have their counterpart, you know, mid price to cheap players emerging that are reliable. Otherwise, you know, you might just be it's like a six of one, half yeah. dozen of the other kind of a thing. So that's that's what I would say about that. Um, I guess, like, what do you just think? What, what maybe that question should be, or maybe it should have been a different question is like, what. What would have to happen in your game week one team? Like, what's a game week one team where you are making this transfer this week? Because I think most of the people, like, close to us, like the Slack, hardcores, and Twitter people that I know and trust, like, most people had a good week. Yeah, most people have Mo, most people have Raz, and if they don't have Raz or Mo, they have Kane and Obbs or whatever, and they have heavy defensive. Most people had a pretty above average week that we're associated with. But what's maybe an example of like a game week one team where you'd actually be like, fuck, I have to make a transfer. I'm just trying to think out loud on that. I mean, I think it would have to be like a super rogue team with like Alaire and Callum up top or, or like Vardy. Vardy fucking didn't do shit. Like some combination of those yeah. players, maybe. Maybe you have like Siggy, Kevin, like only Mo. 
Something like that. All right. I mean, I don't know if, you know, I mean, the defense pretty much with the amount of clean sheets and the teams that got clean sheets is pretty hard to see any defenses without, you know, at least two returns. I mean, all of the good teams got returns for the most part, but something like that. Yeah. Um, Even that, though, just those guys like Siggy, Vardy, et cetera, like, I keep those guys, right? Like No, I, I I would. I'm just saying like if I had them and I'm sitting on like 60 or 50 points, I'd be like what the fuck. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's weird. I think just in general, you and I and a lot of the hardcores are in the belief that like you just chill. Like after game week 1 you yeah. just chill. You picked yeah, your you guys for you spent a month tinkering on this team for a reason. Like Yeah, you got to give them a little bit of rope. Yeah, you got to give a little rope. Um <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. So, Eggy Brad on Slack, does Allison out create a headache with pool defenders? We talked about that. Um, Jacobin, Jacob on Slack, is two to three game weeks the right amount of time to give punty slash unproven boys like Robinson, Che, etc.? Or should we treat them like established players, use the eye test and stats to make that decision? Um. What, what was the first part? Yeah, I don't understand. Is it enough time? I don't know. Yeah, I like mean, you know, a couple games. Give, how much rope do you give the punty unproven players, or do you treat them similarly to you know more established players? That's basically what he's saying, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I do both things to all players. Like if whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I think a couple game weeks is good enough to tell and. You know, you just really, to me, I want to monitor the position. Like we talked about Marshall, like he wasn't on form, but the positioning and the role was good. Same with Callum. I mean, he, Callum Robinson on Sheffield, he didn't return, but he was, he played 90, he was playing out of position, and he was really looked like him. McGoldrick had a couple good chances, but you know, he was in and around a lot, and he was really the player that looked lively, and so that's the kind of thing I'm looking yeah. for. Like, Chad Adams should have had a red card, that was insane. But he also, he also he should one, have had a goal, yeah. Yeah, he had the one chance that he, he shot wide. I mean, it wasn't a guilt-edged chance, it was kind know, of a difficult I was surprised one. at how high the XG was on that. It was like .58, and he was lunging full extension, hitting with like the bottom of his boot outside the post. I was like, what? That was like a yeah, nail I, I chance? Just, I wonder if the extra, like I thought the same thing. I wonder because it doesn't take into account like what the actual position of the receiving player on that ball was. Like if you're standing upright, then that's a tap in. So like if it's a, if it's taking that into account. Yeah. Yeah. Lunging is like, whoa, that's tough. Like he had to do a lot to score that. But anyway, yeah. I mean, Shea, like they didn't look good. I mean, Burnley did a job at home as they usually always do. But Southampton really didn't look good. I'm not sure the lineup was the best thing with Romeo in there. I think he could have been a little bit more forward thinking and played Hoyberg since he had, even though all the center backs are horrible. I mean, Dude, they the do have a lot of center backs. Oh They're just so bad. It's, 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 they're as bad. Them, I forgot, kind of forgot how bad they were. And we've been saying all preseason how bad they are. And they're that bad. I mean, Vestergaard's not a Premier League player. I don't know how he's still like starting after they've had him for this long and they see how bad he is. I mean, he's had a lot of minutes for them. He's really bad. I don't know what it's that the is. Cheek still, but, yeah, she's just because he's a model. It's fine. But yeah, a couple games. Watch this. Look at the stats. I mean, check out the positioning and you know make your decisions. Like you know, Jerry D fucking playing out reverse out of position. Like you don't need many more reps of seeing that to say I don't want to reverse out of position striker midfielder whatever the fuck. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm 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 very in line with everything that you just said. And we had another question that was 
Brad on Slack. He said, what statistics from Game Week 1 matter, which are likely to be misleading, blah, 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 blah. And the things that I had in my head to answer that was basically exactly what you just said. The two most important things slash stats, if you want to even call them that, are minutes and positioning. Like average positioning, I I said earlier, I, I like the passes received heat map of all the heat maps. That's those are the two things that we can really take something from. Like you can get one random fucking deflection set piece and have like a point eight XG chance. Like that's not a reliable number to look at, but you can look at positioning in minutes and touches and where they are and stuff like that and 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 make your early moves based on that, I think, a little bit more. Yeah, and in addition, I, t- I do like looking at just shot attempts. I mean, yeah, I totally. think the, you know if the players are pumping shot attempts, and you know that's what you want to see. I mean, for FPL, I mean, yeah, yep. they're just selfish yep, doing yep. those things. So, yeah, yep. yep, 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 yep. Brad on Slack again. Two things you definitely got right, and one thing you got wrong. Um, I mean, I knew going without Raz for me was a huge risk and I don't think I have enough information to know if that's right or wrong I mean in the black and white sense probably somewhere in the in the middle but like I said if if I had Raz and insert 2.2 point returner 6.5 million forward yeah. in my team instead of having Kane and Martial I mean that was basically a wash and I like the two players I landed on more, so which yeah. is exactly what I was talking about, right? Like that yeah, was that, the swap I would have had to make. Wash. It's a two point yeah. difference. So I mean, yeah, and I would have a six five striker on my team who I fucking hate and have to be forced to stay there versus what I'm looking at now, which more with more flexibility or whatever. So, but in 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 short, I mean, going with zero city was probably a mistake. So I don't know how long I'll be able to get away with that or what I'm going to have to do to adjust. But I mean, it's also we didn't touch on this, but I mean. Zinchenko just five five like easy clean. Stones did play as we were kind of thinking, even though neither of us felt confident enough to start with him. Yeah. Another five five route, you know, easy clean there. So that those are things. Um, and even Walker like looked fucking reborn. Like where did that performance come yeah, from? I, it's I, almost I, like he was unfit for the last two seasons or something. The way he looked. <laughs> I, yeah, I just have. I need to see that many more times to to think that that's like going to be what he is because he right. hasn't been that player in like four years. So yeah, that, I don't. I don't know. I just don't, I threw that out. I don't. It's just whatever. And what about two then, things you definitely got right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think like going off the beaten trail, going with Maitland Niles, Umlot, Soyuncu, and Montoya. I mean. Spending five mil four five four five there, and you know those. I don't think Brighton's defense is good at all. I think that they'll definitely concede. But I mean, having that rotation for you know like one or two spots with little Jack, like I like that I have that going right now. Um, I mean, soy soy fuck look the, look the bee's knees. He was really good. Really so good. he's he could be like the one B kind of a potential season keeper ish type player. Yeah, I think he he's, is. Yeah, I think he's going to slowly make his way into a lot more teams. And you know, I think you mentioned he like almost had an assist. I wasn't watching the game; I watched highlights and shit. But yeah, I think he's he's a good he's just a good player. So I think that's another thing, right? I mean, they fucking fucked off Slabhead for eighty mil and didn't buy anyone. So that tells me, just like with Martial with Lukaku, that they believe that this kid's going to be able to fill that hole capably for the season. So yeah, and I was talking like, about him, him with Nate too, just to cut you off for a second, like. A lot of people are like, oh, this like rando guy is starting from McGuire. Like he's not that at all. Like he was a 
highly rated, like rumored with Arsenal, rumored with other top sides in Europe, highly rated player in the Bundesliga who went for like 20-something million, young center back. So he's not coming in with like zero pedigree, just randomly good, they got lucky or something. Like yeah, This they, isn't Clavinho version two. season in advance to sell Maguire because they're smart and good. They made the Tielemans purchase, they made the Perez purchase before selling Maguire because they knew they just had all of the power in the United th- in negotiation. They were just like, well, they're going to give in and buy him so we can we can make our moves early because they're smart yeah. and, and well-run. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, yeah, I totally agree with that. So that's a good job. And yeah, I don't know. That was good. And like, yeah, Kane, fucking whatever, OBS. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I pick guys I like and I'm happy with my team. I mean, in general, obviously, every single player didn't return. And, you know, it's funny that people expect that. But I think my team setup is good and I don't have any players on it who I can't stand looking at. So that's, <laughs> for me, that's a win. I mean, I didn't. I didn't want to follow the template thing and have players that I don't really like or don't really believe in. And like part of our thing too, right? Is like Soy Soyanchu. We weren't on him all preseason. We didn't really talk about him because the Maguire thing got done very late and everyone and their dog were saying that they were gonna get like Duank or fucking Tarko in. So I mean that fell into our laps like almost the day before the deadline. So I mean we like our good thing in FPL is finding these like one percenters overall kind of guys and identifying a few things we like and just going kind of against the grain with them. And that's like we both have fun doing that. So I have fun and I was have I, that's fun. So I think that was fun. So that's yeah. good, but good job by me. So what, what about you? What's your answer to this one? Um, thing I got wrong is maybe what I talked about earlier is just like maybe I should have squeezed in another premium for more flexibility to. To get to another premium or something like that, but I don't think it's it's patently wrong. It's just it's just a little scary if I like need to get feel the need to get to gain like after game week three or some or before game week three even. Um, but Jerry D feels like a miss. I mean, I was really high on him all preseason, and their attacking fixtures are were really good and still are really good. You know, at Everton's not great, but home West Ham away Newcastle's good, but. I think I just put a little too much stock in the Gracia press conference, to be honest. I mean, he was flagged for like a week. And then Gracia was like, oh, he's 100% fit, raring to go, like blah, blah, blah. And like, that obviously just wasn't true. Like, you don't sub off your best attacker on 45 minutes if he's 100% fit and raring to go in a, in a game you're playing catch up. So that was just a lie. And it, is really annoying, and I don't know if he's going to even start or where he's going to start next game week. So that's very worrying, and I should have just gone maybe safer or more nailed or something like that. But um, yeah, but that's a, like, where would you have gone? Yeah, I don't know. Even like no. Jota or something. Like even with the bad yeah. fixtures, you know, just like someone in form who's safer and nailed, and just you know what I mean, just something like that. Someone, but, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then things I got right. I mean, I think just. For me, at least, and I have I have so much trouble resisting like mad scientisting too hard and self sabotaging. I think for me, just sticking with Salah and Raz was my biggest win of the of the preseason or leading up to game week one because there are so many, literally thousands of tinkers where I was like, 
taking one of them out and then move, spreading all those funds and getting all these guys that I love and like blah, 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 blah. And then I had, for some reason, I had the you know good angel on my side, on my shoulder, just being like, no, 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 stick with Salon Rats, like figure it out later. So I'm just, I'm just happy about that. Um, yeah. And then I echo your second one and just getting like guys that we like, like, like I said, my moment of the weekend was was Ashley Maiden Isles, and then Soy on my bench. Like I love him and feel really good about that pick too. So yeah, just stoked, stoked with those guys. Um, yeah, I mean it's also right like playing around with these massive differentials on the fringes too, right? I mean yeah. we're not you know yeah. starting with like Coon thinking like oh like maybe I'll start or something like that where it's like a huge budget guy. So like, yeah. doing that also feels a lot less. Yeah, risky. So yeah, yeah, and I'm rotating AMN and and soy. So like, I basically have one spot that's a punt, and it's a really fun one, and I really like both players. But that's basically what I was saying with my first point is like I managed to hold off going super punty and getting all these sexy new guys and promoted teams and blah blah blah, and I just stuck with my guns and have one spot where I'm rotating two players that I like and feel good about. So. Yeah, it's good. Um, Phil, what needs to be happening before sideways sideways moves are a good idea? I mean, we touched on this a bit. I mean, I think definitely not making a sideways move right now is good. Well, I think we should always avoid sideways moves in FPL, period, as a rule. Um, I mean, just because two players are the same price doesn't mean that's a sideways move. That's not a sideways move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure, you know, so I think that's just like a point of contention for me, but. You have a problem with the wording of the question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like sideways, like lateral. Like, I mean, I think every transfer you should have a purpose, like of why you're removing a. Like, you should be always upgrading your team when you make a transfer. So, if you don't think it's an upgrade, then it's not a move you should make. So, I would look at it maybe more in those terms. Yeah, and look at it a little bit longer than just one game week too, which I think is a mistake that a lot of people make. He's like, you should be looking at you know four to six to. Ten even after your wild card game weeks on the move because that's how the value of the transfer is going to be weighed. It's not weighed in one game week. Yeah. Um, Web dog on Slack. Anderson Felipe Anderson's listed as seventy five percent chance of playing. One, what's the best way to keep up with injury news? And two, who's the best option to move on if needed? What do you go take field this one? I mean, so for injury news. I mean, it's obviously Ben Dinnery on on Twitter, but I don't really go to his like Twitter page. The way that I do it, honestly, is I go to Twitter. I in the search bar, I do at Ben Dinnery space the player's last name. Like that's what he says to do, and that's the only way I do it. So at Ben Dinnery space Anderson, check that regularly. Sort by latest, see if there's any updates. He basically puts all the updates and and presser stuff on there. Follow press conferences. Try and. Just get all the information you can from sources like that and, and Reddit and stuff, but that's where I get it. And then for the best move, uh, that's hard because seven and under is kind of like almost the cutoff. Like you you want that to be Martial so badly. Um, I, I think Wilf can come into your thinking. I mean, he had 
He just looks His like regular so Will. Funny. His yeah, stats it's, it's are just so dumb. funny. It's just dumb. Like he comes in and you just can't deal with him. No one can deal with him. He's just so good. So that's and the fixtures are pretty good. I think that's a reasonable swap. Um, outside of that, though, I unless if you're freeing up money to go up somewhere else, I don't really see any anything. The one, I mean, if you want to punt, I mean, the one player, I mean, we haven't touched on Chelsea at all that really was starting to, to I was starting to Mount. swoon for was was Mount. I thought Mount looked a fucking real player, and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna take long for I I, I think I mean Barkley is we we knew it's just such a good thing it's obvious the but thing is he's still with, Ross Barkley yeah yeah but I mean I don't think it's gonna take I mean everyone's watching the game with their eyeballs and we have brains so like you're like oh wow this player is so much better than this other player so that's dumb and he's playing Barkley in the wrong position to begin with. He just has no place in the team because he's bad. So mm-hmm. Mount at six is very interesting to me. I really like him. I mean, especially while RLC's out, yeah. that could be a thing. Like if there is going to be some types of rotation. And I understand Mount's very young, but I mean, he was their best player. Um, he was the best player on the pitch for the team against United. And to be able to go into OT in his first Premier League game as a fucking little baby boy, he just looked like a Rolls Royce player. I mean, he was just like confident. Making very quick decisions, pinging it around, took take, took a few really nice kind of speculative shots, but you know he forced a couple saves, I think. And I like Mount a lot, so that could be a punt where I would go. But there's like that's almost all no other of. guys that are sticking out to me. I mean, I I'm not giving up on Perez yet. I still think Perez no, will I, be need fine. More. Away Chelsea yeah. might be okay, and then then he has away Sheffield and home Bournemouth, which are great. So you know, like I still, yeah. I mean, if he's on like an assist after the four game weeks and he hasn't been looking good, I might look at it. But for right now, he's definitely going nowhere. Yeah, so I think that's like a relatively safe move. Webdot asked about Grob potentially, who did get an assist, but. I, I don't think he's nailed. I still don't. Yeah, Potter rotates a lot. He's sort of known yeah. for rotating a lot. And he even said in the post-match that Trossard was unlucky to not start because he's been so good, and he just went with the more experienced player in Grob and Gross in just you know away in the first Premier League match. That's basically exactly what he said. So they're home West Ham next week. Like I could easily see Gross on the bench and, and Trossard straight in or something like that, so... I would definitely avoid that. Yeah, and it's also like West Ham have a bunch of mids in this price bracket also, but we don't know what's going on there, so you can't really do anything there. Um, I mean, like, Goodmanson scored. He, like, usually ticks a little bit, but that's not, like, fun. His goal was fucking phenomenal, by the way. it was good. That was, like, my favorite finish of the weekend. That was insane. Let me see. Just not not a ton of options. He asked... Like, or is it dumb to take a hit early and say KWP down to four or five and Anderson to Martial? It's just like it's bad. I, I think mean, it's just it, bad. It's, I think I think it's bad. I, it, the one thing is, I mean, if if Felipe's ruled out, which doesn't really look probable, it seems like he's kind of okay. I don't. Yeah, I think he's. Okay, I, yeah, though. I think it's. I think it's bad. But yeah, in that price bracket, though, I guess long and the short of it is, it's a tough. It's a tough place to look. Yeah, and a tough honestly, place to go. if you don't like anyone in the price bracket, maybe you make that Martial move over two weeks. Like you're, yeah. All, all you're doing is missing United away to Wolves. It's a horrible fixture anyway. So maybe you just make that like defensive downgrade or save and and have two frees, You know, going into game week three and then make that move. There's no 
there's no harm in just being patient and doing that, especially if like you have, you know, Dendonker or something like that on the bench that can sub that can come in, in in case, you know, Felipe doesn't start or whatever. Yeah. Um, Josh on Slack, which performances this week were the biggest knee-jerk causing traps for young players? <laughs> knee-jerk causing traps. Yeah. Um, there are traps probably, everywhere. Probably Burnley scoring three goals. Um, and Brighton scoring still, three goals. I still don't know what the Burnley team's going to be this season, if they're going to be like the kind of more forward attacking team that they were doing like kind of like end of last season or if they're going to be just kind of shit houses. I think Southampton really are that bad and I don't think Burnley's XG was very high for the game anyway so That's I think low. that was a little misleading. Yeah, I, I like your shout about Brighton 3-0. I they are not that team and I don't think that they're going to be having many win big wins to nil on the road all season. Watford, they, they had five shots and three goals. It's just not. Yeah, that's that's just not sustainable. So I think that definitely. Um, I don't know what else do you see. I mean, I think United. I mean, four 0 is a stupid scoreline. Extremely flattering. United defense may be more a trap than the attackers because we kind of like the attackers, but they had no right keeping clean. I mean, they they no, were conceding no, they huge had, chances for fun. Yeah, Chelsea hit the post a couple of times, and yeah, but I and I do think United's defense, you know, they'll still be in the like I think ten to thirteen, like in that range of cleans this season. Um, I'd be pretty surprised with like thirteen or more. I think yeah, probably more like around ten. But yeah, around ten, but for with the way they're priced, that's not great. No, it's not great. I mean, you can find that elsewhere probably. Soy boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, in terms of traps, it's it's tough. Like that's a tough question because you can read a lot and extrapolate a lot into one game. Like you could be sitting there with like Vardy and Perez and be like, "Oh my god, I need to get rid of them." Like that's like just because Leicester scores zero against a pretty decent team, good defense, generally speaking. You know, you gotta you gotta hold a little bit more. Same with Everton. Like Everton not scoring. What, what do you think about Everton? I'm I'm kind of happy. I don't have any Everton defenders, even though like. Dina to Cole Coleman should have happened. Like Coleman had a really good chance. He yeah. fucked up. But Andre Gomez getting injured. I mean, Delfstedt, like they look like they're light in midfield. Yeah, defensively, it seemed like you could really feel that Gay was not there making every single tackle and every single interception. But also they went down a man. So some of that's a little, you know, that it won't be the case, obviously, in the future. Um but I didn't feel great. I mean, I think Palace really did create some stuff, and you know, Pigford had to make make a huge save, and their defenders were throwing their bodies around making blocks. It didn't feel great for Queens, but you know, it came in in the end, and I thought Dean looked really bright with the ball. Yeah, he, I mean, he could have had a couple of assists. He could have had a couple of assists, and Coleman didn't really create much, but they both crossed a lot, and Coleman should have had a goal. He had the best chance of the match, so. Yeah. I'm saying for cleans though, like are you yeah, looking? I mean, they, granted, I'm still scared. They yeah. still have the run. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be like a squeaky bomb, like every game, kind every of. Every game. Yeah, I think they'll have like Pickford's going to have to make a few big saves every game, and they're going to have to make a few big, big blocks every game. It does seem yeah, like that to yeah. me too. Like away, Palace yeah. should should be an easy clean without Wilf, especially. Yeah, and that's not, true. And it wasn't. Yeah. Um, Tim on Slack, were there any results this weekend you guys thought were particularly deceptive? Uh, we kind of just talked about that with like Brighton and uh, Burnley and all that shit. Um, 
Alex on Slack, the best 7-5 or under mid for game week two only. I'm wild carding next week, so I have one free place to, one free to replace Lukash. So what's your like one week 7-5 or under mid punt? That's mm. interesting because it's obviously not Martial. No, it's definitely not. One week only. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't um, hate your Zaha shout. I mean, at Chef U, not terrible. Yeah. I. The one thing about that is I can't see us looking great against five defenders. Right. He's going to be double teamed. We're going to have one piece of shit down the middle for him to aim to. On counters, Benteke's never going to score against two center backs. He's too bad. So, I'm honestly, this is pretty out there, but I'm kind of interested in Buendia. Yes, dude, I love Buendia. <laughs> Emmy, he looked, yeah, he looked good. And Norwich coming home, they should have their tails up. Even though they did lose four one, they played well. I think that it'll be rocking there. And Newcastle didn't look bad by any stretch, but. I think that the Newcastle team can be got at. Um, yeah, I kind of. I mean, that's a it's a really wild. Part, I, honestly, I think I, I prefer the just Villa Bournemouth match in general. That just seems like a high scoring match overall. And you just and, and you just go phrase, phrase. There's phrase away Villa, which is super solid, and there's McGinn home Bournemouth, which is also pretty solid. Like I think, you know. He'll get his one or two big chances. I feel like he's that kind of player that just breaks really well, and and he'll get his his one or two big chances. And his passing was really good too. Like he he created their other best chance, which was that like Trezeguet like cut in or whatever. That that seems good to me. I can't. I don't really see a world where both of those teams are not scoring. Um. So I kind of like that. Yeah. I guess one week punt. Yeah. Yeah, McGinn. I, I just need to see more McGinn. I, he confused me. His performance. It seemed like he was just always a yellow card. Every he was just in. He was on the screen so much. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I, every time I was like looked up from Slack, it's like McGinn like yelling about something, and I'm just like, what is he doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's about it. Then I guess for that. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Just uh, yeah, we got we have more questions. Actually, are we running long? No, we're good. yeah, we're over now. We're about an hour. We we give, maybe get like a couple in and then let's let's go. Yeah. Um, SK on Slack. This may be a stupid and useless question. How much is a free transfer really worth? It's not four points because it's quote unquote free, but it's not zero either. Have you guys seen any math which answers this? Uh, this is like your pet project. This question—it's <laughs> my have, pet I project, no but I don't actually have an answer. I mean, I haven't seen the math, and I am not good enough to be able to like calculate that math. If someone could point us the way of an article, I would definitely read that article. But all I know is that it's—it is very valuable because we have very limited ways of impacting and changing our team in FPL and. We get one of those for free every week. So, I mean, I think just someone on Slack wrote back, I forget who, that like they just kind of in their head treat it as a minus four, even the free transfer. And it's like, would you make this move? Like, do you expect this? Like, kind of like what you were saying with the sideways always upgrading your team is like, why am I making this transfer? Analyzing it from a longer perspective than just a, a bandwagon or a gut feeling or just one good fixture. And trying to just think about it that way, but no, like mathematically, I I don't know how to calculate how that 
works. Okay, me neither. Good job by you. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me pick out a couple more. Um, Ray on Twitter, Kane, do you keep for week two versus City or pivot to OBS? Oh, yeah, I, don't, I think that's a psychotic transfer. Yeah, OBS. probably. Yeah, I think you got to hold. I mean, you got to look at the player, right? I, I I think it's very convenient and nice to be like, oh, look, Lucas was playing more forward than him. I don't even really feel that was true. Um, Kane took eight shots, which is ludicrous. That's what he was doing when he was in every single team. And, uh, you know, he just, OBS, you know, definitely is similarly in terms of just gets a lot of chances and takes a lot of shots because he's fucking insanely good. But, you know, OBS has Liverpool coming up. So it's, it's, again, you know, you're spending a transfer to transfer in a player who has one atrocious fixture and one really good fixture in the next two weeks. So that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You only do it if you're wildcard in game week three, I guess. Right. And then you just make the transfer to OBS, cap OBS, wildcard. Yep. 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 Um, all right, let's go. That's enough. One more. All right, last done, one. Done. Uh, actually, fuck it. Yeah, let's go. All right, so, wow. We're, we haven't done this section in a very long time, but we have to talk about captains and our teams and who we're looking at and stuff like that. So, yeah. Cap, I just assume you're on odds. I am on odds, but I am, I am starting to think a little bit about Mo. Um yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously on Mo because I don't have yeah. arms. I'm just not that sure. I like, you know, I like Arsenal coming back home, and I expect him to play at least Laka, maybe all three of Laka and Peps. In which case, you know, I think that'll be a. They should score a couple goals, you know. But it is. It must be said. I mean, Burnley home looks good, but you know, it's Burnley. You know, they they're they're they don't lay down. Yeah. And Southampton just looked fucking atrocious. So I think maybe I'll see how and what Liverpool do midweek with that make believe game they have to see like what <laughs> team he plays and shit like that. But I'm I, I'm fifty fifty there. I, my preseason plan was definitely like I'm on OBS for the game week two. So I think I should stick with that because you know if I don't, it would be very like small sample ish. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Potentially, but it it is something that. With with basically all of the top six teams, except for like maybe Manchester United and Liverpool, they all played like a weird B team. Not all of their new transfers are in, some backups and stuff. So that is something that we didn't necessarily expect, and I do I do think that's that's a big change from probably where you were at the you know, three weeks ago on OBS or whatever because. If you if I was going to tell you that it was just you know Nacho and Fricola is a big downgrade attacking wise and you know their midfield was like no Terrera and it just inability I mean, to make you, passes you, and Willick you and me, Nelson and shit is like yeah, if you showed me the game week one team for Arsenal there would have been a zero percent chance I start with Aubameyang exactly so that zero. that is something that has changed significantly. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, is he going to do the right thing? And I don't trust Emery to, I mean, he fixed his teeth, so he doesn't do the right thing. He, he just, he's a coward. So I don't know what he's going to do. So that's the question mark. So yeah, I'll see. It's definitely going to be one of those two. Yeah. I, mean, um, I think, I expect Liverpool to just, at least this is what the Anfield rapper guys were saying, is just Klopp always just plays like the same lineup for every match in August, like just early doors before the first international break. So they were basically saying, I expect, the same lineup in Super Cup, same lineup, you know, against Southampton. So they don't think Mane's coming in. 
Well, maybe with Mane like coming in a little bit in the Super Cup or even starting and then maybe starting against Southampton but not nailed. But okay. I think Ralph was really just honest and open, which I appreciate in Match of the Day because he, they asked him basically like what went wrong. And he was saying essentially the style that Burnley plays is just like how you counter Southampton style because all they want to do is press super high, counter press, blah, blah, blah. And Burnley just go long and counter super fast with like two passes and just avoid yeah. the entire midfield. And you could see that very clearly, I thought, on the highlights where it was just all of Southampton's midfield is out of position and Peters just like whips in a good ball and they score. Or like Vestergaard makes a fucking ridiculous howler mistake and there's no coverage at all. And so I think like while their defenders are really, really bad, the reason they played Liverpool so well at the end of last season is because pricing super high and, and closing down all the space and that stuff is better against a team that tries to actually like play with the ball. So Yeah, and I mean given how Arsenal looked against Newcastle, granted all the children, but bypassing their midfield could be really good for Arsenal because they couldn't <laughs> fucking pass their midfield anyway. So that's like a fucking huge boon for their potential, I guess. Yeah, yeah I like it. I, like I don't it. know. Is there anyone um, else? Yeah, for so, I'm, so I'm on Mo, but yeah, you're oh, is there Mo, anyone else? Um, I mean, Raz, is that, is that a shout against Spurs? I, I, I mean, that game is tough to predict. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just too tough to, to see what's going to come there. Yeah, I mean, they played a high-scoring match in the Champions League. They also played, I think, a one-nil. Like, it's gonna be tight. I, I don't, I don't know. That that's sketchy. Okay. Is there anyone else? Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't really think so either. I don't, I don't think if so. If Bournemouth okay. looked really good, I was talking preseason about like you could cap Callum away Villa, but they looked the opposite of really good. So no. Um, and then our teams. I mean, I. We both mentioned kind of what we're looking at. I'm looking at, you know, Callum game week three as a move. I'm worried about Jerry D. That's basically it for me. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what I'm doing next week. Once I have two frees, I'll have to totally reassess. But I have like a little bit of a difficult shout this week. I'm looking at either, sorry, Montoya or Jack. Um, I mean, Montoya's stats are really bad, and I would be pretty surprised if they keep a clean sheet against. They're not going to keep against West Ham. That's just not happening. And yeah, probably not happening. And I mean, Jack was he was he was like he was bad, but he was making some runs like into the box. Like he was playing really far forward. He was not holding at all. He was box box. So I don't know if he's going to have some joy there, but I, I mean he is a little knocked. I don't know if he just it was a kind of a precaution. He was tired. He, he wasn't. He was, the game was kind of over for him anyway. But I might I might throw Jack out there and leave Montoya on the bench again. What's the I'm deal sure. with what, Noble? What, what's your call there? What's the deal with Noble? Like is he just bombed out? He should be. He he's seven thousand years old. No, and I'm he's not saying terrible. like if he should or shouldn't be, but like he didn't bomb them out last season. He he was like essential to Pellegrini's plans last season. So I don't like understand really. I, I think he's injured. I mean, he has yeah. a dead leg, which is a common dead injury leg. for an old man. I mean, old men get dead legs. So my legs are permanently dead. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, I just, I don't, I, I just with him dead, I don't see any possible way that he doesn't play. Like he's going to play fucking Snodgrass in that pivot. No. I, it's not. That's insane. That that's was psychotic. the sub they made, but that's not what you yeah, start. And, with, no way. No, I yeah. mean that's what. And he just doesn't have any other option. I mean, I don't know what. 
or if Carlos Sanchez is alive anymore, what happened to him? But uh, TBT. I don't, what do you think? Do you do you think do you think Jack over Montoya is, is yeah? Usable, that makes sense you... to me. I mean, Montoya's stats were really bad. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, Brighton only had five shots. He he was did forward, treat though, a little one bit. of them, and on that yeah. on that was it Andone the like near post finish goal. He. He was yeah, really good in that buildup. He got the hockey assist there, so yeah, yeah. he was at least yeah. far forward. I mean, to to be fair to him a little bit, but yeah, yeah no, uh, I mean, as of right now, I would probably say Jack, just because I f- don't really see a chance, a, a good chance of a clean, in my opinion. Yeah, because I do sort of expect. I think some things I was seeing from Brighton people are that. He's going to do kind of like the three four three thing away, kind of setting up a little more solidly, and then at home, like more like a three five two with like only two DMs and like one more, so like they kind of get a little bit more for. I'm not sure what. I'm not sure. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Like a three four three, I think, is the attacking formation. So it's like well, two, that's what he played. Yeah. That's what he played. Mids, this, but then a wide up top with like Trossard and. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, with Trossard, I mean, Grob was like more narrow, so it was almost like a fake form. I don't know, but anyway, that's yeah. a, that's my only call this week is to figure out if I'm going to play Montoya or or Jack the Lad. So I'll have to see about that. Yeah, that seems good. I have no calls to make this week; just easily easy team. So we'll see how it goes. Um, this is always our biggest sign-up weekend of the season for Patreon, so everyone's just at peak excitement, ready to fuck levels. I don't know. We got a million sign-ups. Thank you, everyone, a lot. I'm going to rattle off a fucking billion names right now. So, <clears throat> Corey Hathaway, Frederick Lundgren, Tronbear, Jesper Hedegaard, Thomas Clements, Michelle Anto Benedetto. Joey, Davey Lee, Dominic Selwood, Ozzy Mandius, Philip Metcalf, Lewis Hild, Craig Verinder, Shyam Kumar, Jason Julian, Nicholas Berard, Dallas Bolton, Butler, what would Gabriel Jesus do? John Vo- Vonovich, Frank Quitely, Anton Capria, Ricky Parsons, Justin Sal, KB, Nathan Hale, Machek, Ibrahim, Corbin, Chris Atwell, Jane, John Joe, John Joe Wilshire, Johnny D, Fuego Alert, Anton Johansson, Tom Dudley, Thomas Truxeld, Richard Smith, Nathan Hale, Alexander Reif, Adam Petru, Petru Cioni, Brad Denton, Yusuf Alna Wakatha, Byron Roberts, Red Kite, Drew Peacock, Danny Sweeney, Mark, and Sport Bits. Let me slap all your asses. Great job by everyone. Thanks so much for signing up. Uh, that was, that was yeah. big. I like how people are just all, all signing up, but then also people telling us that we should be charging way more for our Patreon. <laughs> that we're the cheapest FBL pot out there. So who knows what that means? I don't. I couldn't tell. Yeah, you. I don't know what that means. But hey, you know, happy to have. It's you. like every every other pe- person seems to raise their fee every off season, and we like were the first to the slack well, and we haven't raised our fee once in like three years. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Bad capitalism job by us. I don't Bad know. capitalism, good. Good socialism for for the people. Um, <laughs> Hammer and sickle up up the people. Proletariat in. <laughs> oh, we managed to keep this like pretty not ex- extremely long. So I feel pretty good about how we did there. Um, any last words? 
Well, it's, it's nice to have like the regular pod back, I think. And it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we stayed on target in terms of not hot taking yet. It's too early even for us to, to go insane about anything player wise, you know. So it's a good job. It was fun. Good, good pod. Good pod. Good pod. Check us out! Head up from LPL.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLPL. Support us at Patreon.com. Slash up from LPL. Subscribe, rate, review, and cheers! <laughs>